Land registry and property finance can be a complex and confusing space at the best of times. There are hidden clauses, unspoken norms and regulatory loopholes which can make it tough to know your rights and manage the relationship with your lender. This challenge is made doubly difficult when rules change and information can feel inaccessible. With that in mind, let's dive into one of the most misunderstood areas, caveats. Welcome to our latest episode on In Debt with Ulrika Lobo. I am your host and a director of Sparrow Loans, which is a private property lender in the Australian market. Caveats can be thought of as a keep out sign. When a caveat is lodged on a property, it freezes it, preventing any other party from touching the asset if it goes against the interests of the people who lodge the caveat. Funnily enough, the word caveat is Latin for beware. In fact, I'm not even sure if you say caveat or caveat. Um, I've heard people use it in both ways. So let's, I think if it's French, it must be caveat. Anyway, I'm just going to stick to caveat. You know what I mean? And I apologize if this makes you cringe. <laughs> I guess caveats can be a little bit cringy when it comes to dealing with surprise caveats. So caveats function as a notice of interest to the rest of the world, essentially. It says in plain terms that a property is spoken for and that other players in the market should steer clear of it until everything is sorted or line up behind them. Think of it as the equivalent of changing your Facebook dating status from single to it's complicated. There are plenty of loopholes and particular requirements with caveats. Caveats can only be lodged if the party has a caveatable interest. This means that you need a legally recognized interest in the property, such as being the holder of a mortgage or other debt facility, or the owner of a life estate over a particular holding of land. Caveats can have some pretty serious implications on your ability to access funding, so they cannot just be served by anybody. A disgruntled neighbor, for example, could not just decide to ruin your peace of mind and your property security by lodging a caveat. Or if they did, you could serve a lapsing notice and get rid of it. So now that we've understood a little bit about how they work, what does a caveat actually offer the lodger? For unencumbered land, caveats add another layer of fraud prevention by halting lodgements on title by other parties. It's a simple and legally recognized expression of ownership or part ownership or equitable ownership, I should say, that can be easily traced back to you. Caveats also offer increased protection for property buyers during long settlements. Lodging a caveat would record the interest in the property on title before ownership has officially transferred to them, preventing dishonest sellers from changing their mind and agreeing to a sale with another party. Furthermore, a caveat offers long-term protection to property owners. Unlike a priority notice, a caveat remains on title until the interest requirement is met, it lapses, it's formally withdrawn, or it's removed by a court order. So the protections are invaluable for those seeking an additional safeguard on their property rights. Caveats are also relevant to lenders and those providing finance as they can use it to secure a loan. A lender can place a caveat on title to make others aware of their financial interest in the property. This clearly defines their rights to the property and prevents the owner from selling the property without the caveat's consent. It typically prevents any further property actions from going ahead. If the owner of a mortgage property attempts to refinance, sell or transfer ownership with a third party, the caveat is notified and can then intervene. This can become a long and messy process which creates a world of financial pain. 
It is important to note that caveats do not give the caveater the right to possess or sell the property. However, if the loan is secured, they're able to take steps to repossess the property after serving your notice. So how are caveats lodged? The New South Wales Land Registry Service has an excellent guide on lodging caveats, which I'll go through now. Your first step should be to read up on whether a caveat is appropriate in your situation or engage a legal professional. There is a wealth of information freely available online and the New South Wales Land Registry Service is an excellent resource to consult. From here, you can reach out to a solicitor or conveyancer to prepare a caveat for electronic lodgement or download and complete a caveat form and a relevant exception form in hard copy. In the case of loan agreements or any agreement where the owner of the property has given a person or entity the right to lodge a caveat, then they may also go and lodge the caveat with their solicitor or conveyancer. So the next step is to lodge the caveat and or the relevant exception form electronically through your solicitor or conveyancer, ensuring the fees are paid. I think this will set you back about $300 in New South Wales. Once the lodgement is completed, New South Wales Land Registry Service examines the documentation provided. They will comb through the particulars of the estate or interest claim and start their evaluation on whether it warrants a caveat. After this, the register is updated to record the lodgement of the caveat if it meets the lodgement requirements. Once processed, the caveat is recorded against the title on the register. From here, New South Wales Land Registry provides notice of the caveat back to the applicant and also sends a notice to the registered proprietor of title if they are not the caveater. It is important to note that when a caveat is lodged, it does not automatically give you the right to title. However, it is an important first step in establishing your interest in a property. So what happens if you've been served a caveat? If a caveat has been lodged against you, you may apply to the Registrar-General for the preparation of a lapsing notice to be served against the caveater. The lapsing notice will require the caveater to obtain a Supreme Court order which allows the extension of the caveat within 21 days of service. If the caveater misses the window, then the caveat lapses and becomes invalid. This is an additional layer of insurance to protect those wrongfully served a caveat. Another way to remove a caveat is to write to the caveator and invite them to execute a withdrawal of caveat. Then this frees the property from the caveat and can open gateways into additional funding so that you can pay off any owing interest in the property. Usually you have to settle whatever amount you are owing to the caveator in order to get them to release or withdraw the caveat unless the issue is just that the caveat is there just to secure their future interests, but there is no outstanding amounts. So that caveator may decide to withdraw and then relodge the caveat to allow another caveat holder above them. So this can happen, for example, I know in um, IGA stores, the suppliers of the inventory and stock usually lodge caveats against IGA, and that allows them to secure their interests if that stock or inventory is not paid for. But if everything is up to date and the owner of the IGA franchise needs to obtain another caveat or interest on their title, then they can get the stock provider to remove their caveat so that the new interest can jump back on. And the stock provider will only do that if the IGA franchise has paid their debts on time and met all the payments without any issues. So some caveats can basically just be stand-in caveats just in case. That brings us to the end of our discussion on caveats. 
they are an important part of our property law and ensure that the public is aware of a party's interest in a property. Caveats should not be taken lightly and they essentially remind us of the importance of staying in control of your finances at all times so you're not surprised with a caveat come time to settlement. Thank you for listening to In Debt with Ulrika Lobo. I hope you enjoyed that brief on caveats or caveats. If you are 100% sure of the real pronunciation of that word, please feel free to drop it in the comments. Hope you all have a great weekend ahead and we've got something a little special for you next week being the day before Christmas Eve. It's our Christmas special, so stay tuned. You won't be disappointed. We might even see Santa Claus making a bit of an appearance. It won't be as cringe as my pronunciation of caveat.